Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. Kelly Santer, he's with us as well to open the show today. Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. We love some Dickies, and uh, you can enjoy that great food seven days a week from their drive-thru and their takeout. And uh, we hope that you'll support Dickie's Barbecue at all the fine local restaurants here in Hattiesburg. Guys, some news broke just before we came on the show. Hattiesburg Mayor, this is Hattiesburg-related news, but Mayor Toby Barker announcing that after conferring with medical officials in the community, restaurants in Hattiesburg will not be opening their dining rooms Thursday. But we want to encourage everybody to support these guys. You know, you can... You can enjoy the same food, uh, guys, uh, with the drive-through, uh, with the take-home service, with them delivering it to your house. And uh, I think everyone on this show certainly wants everyone that listens to us to support our local restaurants. And there was one uh, a situation last night, Bob, where Sully's, who's also been a, a sponsor on our Eagle Hour show, um, they had people you know, phone in their orders ahead of time, and then they drove out to the little neighborhood called The Legacy out in Lamar County and had 60 plates ready to go for people that had already ordered them so they they've been ecstatic a lot of the restaurants have been ecstatic right. the way the community has uh, responded look nobody nobody values these guys more than us that do this show and and we talk about it every day supporting dickie's four street bar and grill all the restaurants that uh, we have an association with and even the ones that we don't uh, but you know guys we, we just have to go by what the medical leaders in our community say and uh, i think that uh, we're all the better Luke Johnson, if we if we listen to the people who are on the front line fighting this, yeah, I mean it goes back to you know what the governor, the directives the governor's been given all along. So what a mayor or a community leader couldn't do in this situation if the governor said you know to uh, to open back up, uh, they couldn't go on top of that. They obviously um, can can adapt it based off their community. So anyway. It is a unique situation, but we need to continue to stand outside, you know, stand on where I got my lunch today. I was standing on duct tape in a parking lot and then moving up to the next star of duct tape in the parking lot <laughs> as I made my way towards a window to order. It's just a unique time. Um, we just have, right. we have to keep keep the big picture. And what I was doing while I was waiting in line, Governor Reeves put out something uh, a, a few hours ago. And whatever you th- think about Tate Reeves, one of the things that I am very thankful for in this uh, pandemic is he has been extremely open with the people of Mississippi. And what I'm thankful for is that he talks in a way that I understand. He doesn't talk above me. He doesn't talk uh, down to me. He, 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 the way that he communicates, uh, a buddy said it to me the other day. So Ted Reeves seems like a guy you went to high school with. You know what I mean? And so right. I'm thankful for that type of leadership for the common dude like me going through this. So I appreciate that. Kelly, what does Jeeves think about the way the governor is uh, handling this crisis? I was just saying, I don't know what you guys are talking about. Luke, you're welcome to call me here to have lunch anytime under under moderate surveillance, and you'll be frisked, of course. <laughs> but, 
you're, you're certainly welcome to come out to my neighborhood anytime. Yeah, you know, yeah, for lunch. Yeah, and, and you can come so. to where us poor folks live too, Luke. You're always welcome at my house. Uh, well, I mean, I couldn't well. even pronounce the menu yesterday. Correct. What right. are we having today? What did Jeeves whip up today for you, Kelly? I don't know. I wasn't anticipating. You know, I, I know we had kind of a, a, a schedule change here on Eagle Hour, so it's it's in there cooking as as we speak. So I was anticipating eating mm. now and doing the show later, but we'll have to flip flop it today. But I will report back, and I'll tell you what, who else is going to be reporting back. The Cleveland Indians, Major League Baseball, uh, is um, the Cleveland Indians got an email from the front office yesterday saying for all of the players to be ready to go for a modified spring training starting about the 15th of June, 15th of June, give or take, and to anticipate a July 1st. There we go. That'd be great. First day of Major League Baseball, which would allow them to get about 100 games in. They would use, you know, make more use of double headers and whatnot to even get the 100 games in. But the Indians were the first one to notify their players yesterday that as it stands now, looks like a modified spring training will get going about the 15th of it's June with McCarty. play to begin That's July 1st. Yeah, McCarty and Sandlin. Right. That's right. In that, in that farm system. Now, there was no mention about the farm system, but just the, the big league guys. Right. Um, of course, some other problems are, are going to arise. Some, some players in, in major leagues are, are diabetic, of course, and so... People who have underlying issues are certainly, as we've learned, more at risk um, to catch the virus. But, but overall, at least plans are going forward as to somehow, some way, getting things started again. And going back to what you guys were saying about the restaurants, you know, and in small towns like Hattiesburg's not a big town, but you talk to some of these restaurant owners, and they say, you know, that they've adapted their business models to this. And a lot of businesses think that once we're quote unquote in the clear. From this thing, but a lot of the things they've started now, as far as these little neighborhood pop-up uh, things like Sully's did yesterday at, at Legacy, that a lot of that will, will continue. Right. But they think that that's a great idea, bringing the food to the people rather than the other way around. And you know why that is, Kelly? Because we know a lot of these guys that own these restaurants through this show. Right. They're smart, right. innovative people, and uh, sure. they're adaptable. They're really intelligent, and they're going. They're going to get through this thing, and we got to support them in doing that. I've had I takeout think, from yeah. everybody that advertises with us, and and a couple that don't. My wife and I just made a point of having a couple of takeout meals a week to support area restaurants, and that's what everybody in the community can do. And it's been it's been overwhelming the the uh, the support so far, right? You know? So, and again, I think I think some of these restaurant owners will work this into their business model going forward, right? How cool would that be, guys? We've got two Southern Miss kids in the Indian organization. If, if we could see those, those guys uh, in the next few years pitching for the Indians, that, that, that would create well, a lot of Indian fans. Be, absolutely. And th- this was supposed to be next year. You know, we, had, we uh, had thought late last year until he had the, the issue. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a little bit for Mr. Sandlin. But you want Kirk to, b- to bounce back just because of uh, he had some setbacks this past year. I, I texted him at the beginning of, of the season, said he was feeling great, looking forward to spring training, and then COVID hit. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it, Kelly, have you heard anything on the uh, the minor league front, what they're looking at or, or possibly looking at? I have not. I've, I've heard anything. I mean, nothing nothing lately. I've heard everything from, from uh, on one drastic end of not having any, any minor league season at all uh, this year because, again, you're talking about but then on the other end of the spectrum, you know, playing a full a full slate because a lot of these minor league teams are in smaller communities where the virus really hasn't been a problem to begin with. So I think I think um, 
notch at the top. And I think once they get that that engine going, so to speak, then um, then the other ones underneath them will will get going as well. But if they get and, and honestly, I'd be surprised. Again, we told you what the Indians were reporting to their players to get ready to go back to work. But I'd still be surprised if they get. I mean, I hope I hope they get a July first start. I know they were talking about July fourth to tie it in with Independence Day. Um, but you know, you guys were talking about Nick Sandlin. Um, another guy named Nick for Southern Miss making some news is Nick Mullins. You know, the backup quarterback at, at San Francisco in the last year of his contract, and uh, there were a lot of people that were interested in trading for Mullins in the offseason, Luke, and, and but yet he's he sits there with San Francisco. What are your what are your thoughts? Yeah, it was a Sports Illustrated article um, this past week, just kind of following up. We had talked about it, uh, about Nick, a little bit when the free agents uh, market was open, when you know you even looked at uh, Andy Dalton, Cam Newton, uh, Jameis Winston, when, when they didn't have squads, and Nick kept Nick's name kept getting thrown up in, the, or in that, especially right before the draft, because uh, according to The Athletic, and this is a brand-new article out on Sports Illustrated the last few days, a bunch of teams uh, tried to trade for him during the offseason, and that was even when Jameis Winston was a, was a free agent. So San Francisco put the lock on him. Uh, and, and part of that reason is Kyle Shanahan loves the guy. Now you just wonder, it, where does it become detrimental to, to Nick where you're loved so much as a backup you don't get an opportunity you know, to, to go anywhere else? But that just shows you where he's perceived. The second-best team in the league right now, Prefers him over Winston, Dalton, New. Well, Dalton hadn't been released yet, but but Newton uh, and Jameis Winston, um, um, for sure. So Nick Mullins obviously uh, has a really good place in San Francisco. You just wonder uh, what his development's going to be like, and how long the Forty ers will continue to hold on to him. Right. Well, well he's, he's just got the one year left on his deal, so yeah. he may have. You'll have a lot more to say at the end of this season, whatever this season looks like. Right, and what a great kid! I know both of you guys know him like I do. What a great kid, right? You just wish him nothing but the best. And all of those character traits, Bob. You know, we we mentioned we joke about the Bengals on their show, but but Zach Taylor, of their seven draft picks, they drafted six team captains. Right. So so NFL teams are paying for good caliber, quality guys. Character you know? matters, Kelly. Yeah, it does, and I'm glad to see that because right. those are the type of role models you want for little kids. Right. All right. When know, we come back, Jack, real, 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 real quick on real quick on Nick, real quick. So Garoppolo in 2022 is going to be 30 years old. That's when his contract's up. They could re-sign Nick. A lot more cheaper option at the starting quarterback, Trey Garoppolo. Who knows? But right. It's it's. Safe to say Nick's three years younger, and, and the 49ers sure like him a lot. All right, Kelly, will you have lunch and come back at the end of the show and tell us how Jeeves performed today? I certainly will, you guys. I'll, I'll tell you what's on the menu. All right, Kelly Sanders still to come. Jack Duggan's going to join us in just a moment. John Woolwine from Woolwine Ford. Full show today on the Eagle Hour, and we're glad you're with us. We'll be right back. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, welcome back to the Eagle Hour, everybody. Bob and Luke from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. Always want to thank First Bank for their continuing sponsorship of our program. Uh, Great folks down there. The home of the Perfect Ten, Reggie Collier. 
And uh, we're very grateful to First Bank for all they do on our behalf, as are we for Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. That's where you'll find the best selection of Southern Miss apparel anywhere on the planet. If uh, you want to go into the store on Hardy Street right across from the campus, if you're listening in other parts of the state, want a new Southern Miss tea or whatever to dress up your day, just go to CampusBookmart.net, pick it out, they'll deliver it right to your front door. All right, we move along with one of our favorite people and one of our best friends on this show, Jack Duggan, the Sports Information Director extraordinaire at the University of Southern Mississippi and the creator of the new Sporkle quizzes that you'll find at southernmiss.com. Jack, anybody, I think of nobody that would be better suited to do Southern Miss sports trivia than you. Tell us about Sporkle quizzes. Well, you know, it's, it's, I was telling you guys before we came on, you know, it's, it's been a staple of, uh, at Pete Taylor Park since, uh, I started working as the baseball SID about, you know, 10 years ago. And we would do those during rain delays. And basically what we would do is we'd find these quizzes that would take 20 minutes long that would have two, 300 names on it. And, and we would have people that were, that we were just kind of, we had no place to go because it was raining and, and all we had to do was sit at the ballpark, so we would have people just yell names out. You know, it could be MVPs of the All-Star Game or MVPs of the National League, something like that. It'd be some random question. And, uh, you know, after after doing after doing the Albury team, you know, when this quarantine first started, I was looking for something to kind of keep our fans involved with, with something. And, and uh, so the about – Two or three weeks ago, the idea of sporkle quizzes came to my mind, and so I, I just as a lark, I did one, and I think people kind of enjoyed it. Uh, I hope, hopefully, people have. And I've done just mostly baseball so far. Uh, I did one football uh, last week for the All Century team, um, and you can find that on the baseball or actually the football Twitter from a, from a week ago. Uh, I've been releasing. The baseball ones, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, uh, for the last few weeks, and uh, I've also put them up on the website. And uh, we've we've had uh, you know we've had 250 people play play them, and you know just something to, to to give people you know something to do, you know when there's not a whole lot to do. <laughs> that's that's for sure. And they can find that on the on the at southernmiss.com. Is that correct? They can they can as well. It's just. There's a there's a web page uh, just on the front page that says baseball sporkle quizzes and uh, you know I, I'm, I'm gonna try to keep rolling them out and uh, hopefully you know people find them on Twitter or you know on the website and 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 hopefully they'll enjoy them. Jack, at what point in your life did you get interested in in statistics and sports trivia and all, I, I'm not saying it very well, but but. The things that you enjoy about keeping up with all aspects of sports, all, all the stats and what have you. When did you start doing that? I think I was probably a youngster. Um, you, you remember those spinner baseball games? Uh-huh. uh-huh. Uh huh. As, as a kid, uh, I think they were called Calicos. They were spinner baseball. You would. It, it's basically it was basically this circular disc that you put in and had all kinds of players back from the seventies and then. They also had classic players like Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, and and each number represented uh, each number represented a uh, uh, 
an action. So like one was a home run and, mm-hmm. you know, for mm-hmm. Pete Rose, his, his circular one was huge as opposed to say Nap Lajaway, who had just a very small home run. And, uh, I started keeping box scores from that when I was a youngster. And, uh, you know, it's just something I did growing up and something I always, baseball statistics is always, um, has always fascinated me. Uh, you know, I guess first was when I was about eight years old. My dad used to take me to uh, Jackson Met games uh, where I grew up in, up in Jackson. So, you know, he'd get me a scorecard and a Coke and, and tell me to shut up for three hours and score the game <laughs> so he could watch it in peace. So, uh, so that, you know, this, those are the kind of things that I remember. Right. Luke, get in here. All right, I'm actually taking uh, one of these right now, Jack. You'd be you're you'd probably be disappointed with me, Jack. I, I only got eighty percent on the Conference USA baseball regular season championships, uh, but did probably good on the draft. Okay, which one did I miss on the championships? Do you think I would probably, if I had to guess, I would probably say 2013. I got that one. I missed 2011. I was thinking McInnes in 2000. I, I picked the World Series year, and as soon as I clicked it, I was like, we were terrible until we squeaked in by the, the yeah. pair of our chinny-chin-chin. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, it, believe, believe it or not, 2011, 13, you can, 17, 18. Believe it or not, you could, I think you can look and see, you know, how, every, you know, it'll, it'll, when, it, when you're done with them, it'll say the average score. It'll have your score and then the average score of everybody that took the quiz. And then if you if you I think if you scroll down to the bottom, at least for me, uh, you can see how other people did in terms of the number that they got right. So yeah, it's kind of it's, it's an interesting it's an interesting deal. It really is. <laughs> good stuff. They really are good. good. I would encourage you to put more football um, and put me as a wrong answer somewhere, okay? Because I, I was never <laughs> I, a right I, answer. I promise <laughs> that I will do that, and I will do more. I will do more football. I've, I've done mostly baseball just because, I mean, it's still kind of baseball season. But once June gets here, I'll, I'll start doing some football ones uh, as well. So, uh, and it's, you know, something that doesn't take a lot of time. You know, I'm still learning how to do it, and I want to do some different ones. You know, maybe some with pictures or, or you know, something more than just, okay, put down a name, and that's the answer. So, so if you if you go through Sporkle and they've got all kinds of quizzes, all kinds of different things that you can that you can do. They they like I could have made that that quiz with the um, with the the conference USA regular season championships. I could have done it if you missed it. Like if you'd have put two thousand and nine, you would that would have ended the quiz. I could have done it like that. But oh no, but I wanted don't to do give. That. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> but then you could have taken it again. Right. But then I could have skewed my numbers a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jack, that's pretty creative stuff, man. You got to keep that going. Although I hope this fall we're all busy at football games, but uh, but nevertheless, we thank you. Hey, about three minutes left. Uh, Luca brought up something in the first so I want to get your input on, and that's Nick Mullins. Okay. Great, great kid. Great talent. San Francisco turns down a lot of trade offers for Nick Mullins this year. And uh, they want to keep him on the team as a backup another year on his contract. Your thoughts about the value that the 49ers have put on Nick Mullins, and if does that surprise you in any way? I don't. I, I mean, just look what he did two years ago. I mean, how how could it surprise you? I mean, granted, they weren't very good two years ago, but but 
But he did a wonderful job leading that offense. He proved that he could win at that level. Uh, just he's a guy, and you know, I've, I've heard it. I heard it from the beginning of of when he first got out to San Francisco about what a great guy he had he is to have in the film room, mm-hmm. just because of of his knowledge of the game. And and you need guys like that. Guys like that help you win football games. He may not be on the field. But he helps you win football games, and I'm I'm sure, I'm sure that, that that he helped win games last year for them, even though he didn't play a lot. Right, Luke. You know, one of the things that has just really been remarkable through this is that I always say that George Kittle owes Nick Mullins probably 50% of his paycheck right now because it was Nick Mullins, not Garoppolo, that brought Kittle up to be an all-pro tight end and kind of the uh, cultural icon um, that he is right now. And and I think what what it shows is with, with, with Nick's strength, uh, his arm strength ha- has improved since he's been in, in the pros, but it's his mental capacity. And one of the things that cannot be replaced about uh, a quarterback, Jack, somebody said that that first year when he stepped into the huddle, it was his huddle, and those guys had no doubt or hesitation in following him. Well, that's, that's true, and that's what he had here. I mean, look at the numbers. Look at the numbers that he put together his last two years here. I mean, we're phenomenal. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you go back to the fifteen team, and I, I don't have my numbers in front of me, but but you'd be hard pressed to find a better offensive year uh, in Southern Miss history uh, than the two thousand fifteen season. So, and 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 he is a big reason for that. And another thing too is, you know, I th- I think the comeback uh, had begun from from the zero and twelve season when Nick Mullins got hurt. And uh, it was a different ball game when Nick Mullins wasn't on the field, right? Oh, I, oh, there's no, there's no doubt. I mean, there's a reason. There's a reason why Nick Mullins took over seven games into his freshman year, right? I mean, they realized that his, yeah. this guy was going to be the guy of the future, and 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 they knew they'd have to get him his lumps, right? But but or he'd have to take them, but but you know, look what he did. He won a lot of football games. You're right. All right, Jack, always fun having you on the show, man. You uh, lay low and stay healthy so we can get you back real soon. Sounds good. Hey, appreciate it. I knew you guys were trying me earlier. My apologies. I'm nah. on the call, but uh, always a pleasure being on with you guys. Same here, buddy. We, we love Thanks, having Jack. you. Jack Duggan, everybody, Sports Information Director, University of Southern Mississippi. We're going to talk to another great guy coming up, Luke. John Woolwine up in Collins, owner of Woolwine Ford. The best. And uh, we're looking forward to that conversation. So stay with us. We think you'll enjoy it. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Back on a Wednesday. Appreciate Jack Duggan for joining us in that previous segment. Bob, the first five out of six conference baseball tournaments Southern Miss participated in were in Tallahassee, Florida. Interesting hmm. stuff. That's part of the sporkle, right? Part of Sporkle. You right. don't have to have it removed. Thank you. No, thank goodness. Bob and Luke from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. Third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill. 
serving curbside lunch right now for only eight ninety five, and that includes a drink. Go see Slade White and our good friends over at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Joining us on the phone right now, John Woolwine from Woolwine Ford on Highway 49 in Collins. John, how's your beautiful Wednesday going, sir? It's very nice here today, for sure. Thank you for asking. We, uh, we wanted to, to talk to you today. How has, and, and Bob and, and you and I were talking about it during the break, but you know this just crazy, unprecedented time in, in our country, how has it affected uh, you guys up on Highway 49? Well, we're, we've been fortunate to stay working and uh, be in the essential business. We've been able to uh, keep everybody working and try to stay safe. We've had to take some extra measures and precautions, and uh, we've got extra cleaning staff uh, during the day and at night coming in, and we've got some people uh, doing sanitation all day long to try to keep things, all the germs away and uh, keep people you know, where they feel comfortable coming in. We've tried to do home deliveries and uh, doing a lot of business over the phone and the Internet. Uh, people are able to fill out applications and still still do car business, but this car business has changed in the last two months for sure here for us. Everything really has, has changed. Bob, they have a massive dealership, so just imagine no how many cleaners it, it would take. <laughs> no question. It's, it's, it's the most impressive dealership uh most impressive dealership that you'll ever see. John, when this thing all first started and, and, and the state officials decided that what were essential businesses that could remain open and what were non-essential businesses in their term that remain closed, obviously the, the auto sales business and service business was deemed essential. And so some people question that, but I, I think I instantly understood that because you you provide repair work, you provide maintenance on vehicles, and a lot of people really depend on their vehicle to make their living, and that is essential, is it not? Sure, and we provide service for all the uh, first responders and the medical crew, firemen, police, so anybody that uh, needs service to keep the cars going up and down the road, even as traffic has slowed down, they're still people that have to be out, so we're taking care of them best way we can yeah great point that i actually didn't think about is the first the first responders have to have vehicles to work in and uh, so if there's a problem with the vehicle they have to uh, they have to be able to get it fixed now Woolwine is a beautiful massive dealership up on the highway in the town of collins which is of course is a small wonderful little community uh, and i think you live in seminary and right between seminary and collins is where these monster storms came through how has that complicated and affected life in that area, John? This changed the landscape uh, pretty much permanently. Uh, between uh, Seminary and Collins, where it crossed 49, uh, was about a little over two miles from the dealership, and it just it looks like a bomb went off there. And a lot of our friends and neighbors uh, around us uh, have lost their homes, lost everything they've worked for for many years. So uh, after the shock, uh, has has been over and people have got back out. We've been able to help some people replace some cars and things uh, that we could do in our churches and the community have come together and, and really tried to help uh, with that and be a blessing to people. I'm proud of that. I'm proud of our community for that. But uh, it, I think it's permanently changed in one way to look at it. You were close to getting hit yourself, you and your family, were you not, by that Easter storm? On the Easter's uh, Sunday, the one, the one, the big storm that come through uh, 
right above seminary. It was about two miles from the house uh, where we were at, and it was it was pretty scary there for a little while, for sure. Right. And John, I wanted to ask you this before we get Luke back in the conversation. In, in communities the size of seminary and Collins, and now there's all the, you know, the the high school graduations got stopped by COVID-19. The baseball season got stopped. Now there's a lot of uncertainty about the football season. Isn't, isn't, aren't those sorts of things even more important in small communities that really are centered around their high schools and towns like Seminary and Collins? Well, it, it really is. And it needs a, my opinion, uh, and we need a close look at this because the kids, uh, with all the things, especially the seniors that worked so hard for so many years and not getting to enjoy and fulfill their last few days at school and then the ball playing, that all of them, you know, they, most people can't wait for their senior year to finish out. To, uh, to talk, you know, that's what people talk about for years to come is their senior year with baseball or basketball or whatever they were in. So uh, I think it, it has an effect uh, for sure, and it's so important. Uh, even the Dixie U, uh, they're trying to work to try to get the kids back going. At least they're going to extend the – they may cancel the World Series, but they're going to let them play the league ball maybe all the way to the 4th of July is what I understand from yesterday. Well, that would be good. Luke? All right, John, let's get down to business. Company question, business question. Um, I have a relative who shall not be named um, who is one of your business partners over there. Um, Anyway, uh, I I have been looking uh, for an F-150, the last, I guess, three or four vehicles I've gotten, I've got from uh, Oilwine, and this is the first time that I want a truck. Now, I I have learned that there are about 89 different models of F-150s, but I am really wanting, I guess, a Lariat Tell me why I want an F-150, Larry, and tell me why I want an F-150 in general. Well, the F-150 has been the best-selling truck in the United States for many years now, and a half ton, over 40 years strong. And uh, we we sell it's our number one selling new and used vehicle here. Um, the the ride is unbelievable. We have families that that's our family vehicle because they uh, the with kids, it's handy with all the activities. There's still plenty of room in the back seat. Uh, man and wife, family. Uh, there's a lot of times we have uh, people purchase it for just an everyday vehicle, not because they want to haul something or, or really need it for heavy towing. They just really fell in love with the ride of the F-150 uh, after giving it a test drive and all the nice features on the Lariat, uh, that makes it that much more. Uh, it's called the America's Luxury Truck for a reason because of all the, the buttons that you have on now. We've, we've got them all the way. Uh, they even got massaging seats in some of the trucks now while you're going down the road. You can get a back massage. So F-150 has a really, really good choice. I got to test that out. <laughs> That, that's Kelly's. That's Kelly's model, well, Bob. Kelly's model, um, yeah. John, um, what is it about? I mean, you know, until I've wanted a truck, I didn't notice how many trucks. Now I see trucks everywhere. I see trucks in, in on the street in town. I see trucks on the interstate. I see trucks in the Lowe's parking lot. It's it's they're everywhere. Have we always been a truck culture, or has it has it got stronger over the last few years? I definitely agree. It's got stronger, but with the 
Eco Boost engines that uh, Ford has come out with uh, to save fuel, and they've come out now the F-150 has got a 10-speed transmission, which in turn gives you better fuel mileage, too. You're not getting a whole lot of difference between some of the cars and the SUVs. The truck gets about the same. On the highway, we're getting over 20 miles a gallon, uh, 20-22 miles a gallon, which you can't beat for a comfortable ride and, and great fuel mileage. Of course, John, I had a car dealer tell me one time up in the Mississippi Delta that no matter what happens, no matter whether the business was good or bad, people are never going to quit buying trucks. Is that right? I, I feel the same way. And the F-150 that, that we sell is, is by far the best on the road in the half ton. And that's not just a matter of opinion. You've got a lot of facts to back that up with. Right. Luke, what are you buying, man? The, the he who shall not be named is is going to help me with that. Anyway, now I'm talking about my father-in-law, Don Husbands, who everybody loves over there at the dealership. Right, John? That's right. Don's been with us a long time. He sells a lot of vehicles here every month. We appreciate him. There you go. Well, Luke, uh, w- Bob, you can uh, you can help me with that purchase, Bob, because all these all these gifts, these you know right. birthday gifts that have right. not that got lost in the mail, mm-hmm. you can just make it all up right. with all the missing years at one time right now. Use me as a credit check for him, John, when he gets ready to fill out the application, please. Well, <laughs> hey, John, we appreciate your time. Uh, you, 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 have, you, you have the Woolwinders. It's just a great family. It's a great story, and it's a great business here in South Mississippi. And, and we're glad you guys are all safe and, and dodge the storms. And uh, we appreciate everything you do with Super Talk. Thank you. We appreciate you having us on today. All right. John Woolwine, everybody, one of the owners of really one of the great businesses. Here in South Mississippi, Woolwine Ford Dodge Chrysler Jeep, Highway 49 in Collins. We'll be right back. Kelly's going to rejoin the Eagle Eye. We're going to find out what Jeep served up for lunch when we come back. Toyota of Hattiesburg brings you the fourth segment of the Eagle Hour, located on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, or online, toyotahattiesburg.com. Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. Kelly Sander, after a relaxing lunch, here to report and kind of give a report card on uh, what Jeeves did today. Kelly, what's the grades look like? Well, let me tell you, now that he knows he's under pressure, he's really going all out. Today for lunch, we have had a warm Maine lobster with braised mm. celery root, black trumpet mushrooms with Parmesan-topped grilled baguettes. Ooh, well, I have no idea what a baguette is, but it sounds pretty good, Kelly. <laughs> it's Italian bread, Bob. It's oh, okay. okay. Kind of a hard-crusted, smaller, uh. 
Not like Wonder Bread, which is what I'm familiar with, right? <laughs> it only took Kelly. It only took Kelly two segments to call Robert St. John and ask what would be a good menu to read out in the fourth segment. Now you can ask Robert. I have not been in touch with him, and he would be offended. He would be offended, Luke. But uh, not. Good I mean, stuff. not that he called Robert St. John because he's one of the very best. But I'm just saying. Right. <laughs> good Lord. I mean. We we heard you. We we kind of heard you out there in the ether, pr- making sure you nailed the pronunciations during the third segment. Okay, I just want to yeah, let you know that. Yeah. Louis, let us know. Let us in on that. Hey, we were talking about Randolph Keys yesterday at, at six foot seven, and you know some of these kids that Jay Ladner's been signing. Arguably, this is probably the best basketball recruiting class in the last ten or fifteen years for Southern Miss. And DeAndre Pinkney, I, I you know we were excited about Mark Jackson from Estonia. Uh, we were super excited about Tay Hardy. Then comes Justin Johnson, and kind of the bow on the package is DeAndre Pinkney. When you look at him, six eight. So when when you think about Randolph Keys at six foot seven, Pinkney is six eight, but he's two hundred and twenty pounds. Offers from East Carolina, offers from Fresno State, Ole Miss, Rutgers, SMU, St. John's, UNLV, South Florida, and Virginia Tech. Kelly, now we have. Three or four or five guys who are six seven six eight that can play the two or three—that's unheard of for Southern Miss basketball. And the fact that he turned down Ole Miss, na 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 na. Yeah, it makes you just like him all the more, doesn't it, Kelly? <laughs> we got one that they didn't get. Uh, yeah, it's it's one thing to be six eight, but it's another one to be six eight and have some uh, some muscle on you. You know, um, I wouldn't know about that, but I'm told. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, that it does come in handy, and really, when you look at it, it, it hasn't been a secret that that the Southern Miss teams just have not had any presence inside, you know, for really the past three years. And you take that element off the floor, and it gets a lot easier, a lot easier for defenses to prepare for you. Well, now that's off the table. Okay, now they're not only going to have to work with you know maybe Pinkney being in it, being in there, but there's maybe two or three guys Luke that could play inside. Yes. Yeah, and, and Justin Johnson six seven, okay, six seven. And Jay says he can play the point. Like we don't need a point guard because Tay Hardy is, is going to run that ship. But you think about right. it, you can you have so much flexibility when you have an all American point guard who's going to start, but then you can look at a six seven guy and you can say you handle the basketball too. That's what's so amazing to me is that these guys with that type of height, you're you're talking, you know, NBA stuff, when someone that big has the ball handlers of a six one, six two guy. And it's not like you're going to have, and I don't, I don't mean this to sound the way it's going to sound, because this is going to get, this is going to suffer poorly in translation. But it's not like you have to be the best team in the country to win Conference USA. You know what I mean? It wasn't the Eagles weren't that far off last year from being really competitive. Okay, so now you now you fill the cupboards with these guys, and just one year, you're going from maybe finishing second to last to being up toward the top. I think. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it, it's not it's not one of the toughest leagues in the country to to be able to win. So, you know, and then to add another class on top of it, not like we're putting pressure on Coach Ladner, but but then then you're you're up to speed a lot quicker than you thought you'd be. Yeah, but but the pressure is going to be there, Kelly. I think to a degree because of the quality of the recruiting class and, and all the talk about it, right? Oh, for sure. But Jay Ladner has said on the show many times he'd rather he'd rather it be that way. He, he wants the expectations to be high because he said, I'm not here to, to compete for a conference championship. He said, we're here to compete for a national championship. You're right. And when, and, and I think one of the, I think Pinkney made his final decision coming to Southern Miss because he wanted to play on the same team with which, which guy looked at he want? 
he wanted to Justin Johnson when, yeah, when Johnson decided. Justin yeah, so so you start getting some of these guys saying, "Hey, I want to play with this guy. I want to be on the same team with him." That man, that's that's big. No question. A lot of excitement about basketball. You know, guys, we could get the two basketball coaches on, Coach Ladner and Coach McNellis, on the show on the same day, introduce it. We would never have to say a word. It'd be the easiest show we've ever done. Just ask them how they're doing, and then we could go through a drive through right? <laughs> <laughs> Only Kelly would relate that to food, Luke. Did you notice that? Kelly going to take that 50 minutes to go through a drive through Oh, look, anytime. I wasn't, directions, I wasn't going to bring I said, go down here to the Chocolate Brown House, you know. Right, you know, go down to the Dairy Queen, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Courtney, more, oh. more news breaking, Luke. Uh, good news for Courtney Blades, probably the best softball pitcher at Southern Miss ever. Yeah, absolutely. She makes the Conference USA Hall of Fame. We'll uh, we'll bring you more up to speed on on that tomorrow. It's exciting. Not only one of the best in Southern Miss Conference USA, but the rest in uh, in that in in the history of D one softball. Bob, last sporkle inside of the day. Trey Cuevas, of all people, led the Southern Miss baseball team in home runs in 2007. Who would have thunk it? Trey Cuevas. Trey would have thunk it. You'll have to talk a little bit about that interview you shared with us that you had with Trey at one time. I thought that was pretty classic stuff later in the show. All right, that wraps us up for the day, folks. Thanks a lot for listening. Support your local restaurants. We'll be back tomorrow at 1 o'clock. And until then, everyone, Southern Miss. To the top. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.